The Accidental Engineer. Hello and welcome to The Accidental Engineer. This is your host, Pat, and today on the show we have Michelle Glazer. She's the Director of Analytics at WW, formerly known as Weight Watchers. I'm really excited to have her on the show today because she's got a great story about how she got to where she is today and how she's transformed the way analytics and data are being used at her company. So without further ado, Michelle, welcome. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me. Excited to, to chat. Yeah, me too. So why don't we start off with you just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I um, used to say that I have a very non-traditional, unique background. And then the more I've learned and the more I've talked to people, I realize we all have non-traditional and unique backgrounds, which I think makes it really exciting. But I started my career in public health. I have a master's in public health, focusing on epidemiology. And um, I really did a lot in biostats, and I loved it. And I was an epidemiologist for several years. I worked at the health department, the fire department, publishing papers, sort of dream world. Uh, And then I felt like I hit a career ceiling, and I was too young to hit a career (laughs) ceiling. And I started exploring other options. What else is out there? What can I do? And I had an opportunity to become an analyst at Shutterstock and sort of make the jump into technology and see what that was all about. And I took a chance, and it was the best thing and the best decision I ever made. Um, And look, it could have gone horribly wrong. And worst case, I would have gone back to public health. Everything would have been okay. But that chance was that moment that I took, and I took a chance on myself. Um, So, you know, from there, I was an analyst for a couple of years. I knew I needed to learn more. I went to a startup where I was a product manager because I needed to learn how the thing was built and learned a ton. Startups move super quick. You learn so much. And then I came to WW, and I think we'll be talking a lot more about my journey here at WW. What got you interested in analytics in the first place? Like, how did you first hear about it? Yeah, I mean, I think... I've always loved numbers. Um, I'm a huge baseball fan. Go Yankees. <laughs> a huge baseball fan, and I've grown up with it. So my dad and I are very similar. He loves numbers. We've sat at Yankee games my whole life and kept score and talked averages. So when I was figuring out what I wanted to do with my life, which is terrifying, um, I was exploring ways that I, to help people. And really, at, the, at its core, I knew I always wanted to help people and make a world, the world a better place. And originally, med school was the the place I was going, and then it just wasn't going to work out for me, and I didn't know what else to do. So public health became the thing, and once I realized I can apply numbers to figuring out trends of diseases, it all sort of fell into place. Uh, And then, you know, it was now a very good friend of mine who gave me that opportunity at Shutterstock, and he, he asked me the simple question, do you need to do this for healthcare? And I was like, I guess not. And that's really the question that transformed my life and brought me into the tech world. That's really interesting. Actually, I don't even know too much about epidemiology. Um, Do you mind just explaining a little bit about what that is? Yeah, so it's the study at its core. It's a study of um, the trends of diseases. Mm-hmm. More on a population level. So it's really that aggregate level. You're not going in and you know looking at this patient or that patient. You're looking at what's happening. So a couple of examples. I worked at the health department here in New York City, and we did a lot of injury research. So how are people getting injured in the city? Where are they getting injured? Um, we did a lot of older adult research because 
unfortunately, older adults tend to fall. Mm -hmm. Where are they falling? What are those outcomes? And so while we might look at case studies, we want to see on an aggregate level, where can we make a difference and where can interventions help? Got it. That seems like it probably set you up for success in analytics, right? There's a lot of transferable skills from epidemiology, the research that you did there over to research for um, businesses, right? Absolutely. It's The methodology is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I think the outcomes are used differently. So in the epidemiology world, public health world, you publish papers. You go to conferences and present results. In the business world, you know, you're helping business users use the data to make decisions. So, you know, we're putting decks together and it's dashboard. So it's a, the outcomes are different, but the methods are very similar. Interesting. So then tell me about how you ended up here at WW. You said you started off at Shutterstock, yep. right? And then you became a product manager. Um, how did you make the jump over here? Yeah, so after I was a product manager, I uh, was sort of looking for my next step. And I knew I wanted to come back to sort of the health and the wellness space. It's, you know, again, the public health, the, the epidemiologist in me uh, wanted, wanted to make that change. And you know, at its core, no matter what I do, no matter where I am, I want to be able to know that I'm helping people. So um, the opportunity to have a conversation with WW, uh, it was Weight Watchers at the time, came up. And um, I got to, you know, have a really exciting meeting with the CTO, Michael, uh, who's incredible. And he was talking about the technology and the app and our social, our social media community uh, called Connect within the app. And he was so excited and talking about the difference and the impact we make on our members' lives. I was immediately hooked. Of course, had to interview. <laughs> uh, but immediately hooked and knew that I, I wanted to work here. Uh, my original role was uh, smaller. It was uh, to come in and help us uh, build out this sort of segmentation platform. We use Action IQ to, uh, as a CDP, to segment our data and to be able to personalize a lot of our communication. So I was brought in to really bring that up to speed, and then things sort of blossomed from there. Yeah, it's really cool because you already had this experience in sort of like a health wellness space, mm-hmm. right? And then you were able to find a role applicable to, I guess, the business world. I think a lot of people are able to do that in analytics. That's the cool thing. You can apply um, analytics and some of these techniques to whatever area that you, you might be interested in. I think WW is actually a really interesting company just because um, I actually just learned this recently that it's been around for over 50 years. Yeah. Um, that's kind of mind-blowing because I remember it being really popular when I was younger and you know my mom and other moms were really yes. into it. Uh, But I'm sure that the company has changed a lot since then. Um, Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, it's actually a lot of fun because this is a company and it's unique in that it existed before technology and not because of technology. And so many companies today only exist because of technology. Uh, And what's neat about WW is that we combine that in-person experience, those in-person what uh, meetings or workshops, as we call them now, uh, with the digital experience and our digital app. Uh, we're, we allow our members to create these communities and the support, and then ultimately to achieve their health and wellness goals. And you know, for a lot of them, it is losing weight, but for some of them, it's you know becoming healthier. Uh, I think probably all of them, it's becoming healthier. Yeah. Uh, and you know, for some of them, it is losing weight. So 
it's, it's been super exciting to, to be here and be part of some of the transformation, but I think the company was transforming before I got here, uh, certainly. So what role does analytics play in that? Yeah, so we uh, have had a growing team. Um, we help teams across the company from product to technology to marketing to finance use data and help them help these teams drive decision making. So, you know, whether it's uh, introducing a new feature in the app or measuring the results of a marketing campaign or helping finance, you know, figure out which numbers that they're looking at to complete their financial models, uh, we sort of sit central to all of those teams. Got it. And then I'm assuming that the way that analytics was being done at the company has also changed since you've been here. Yeah, so we, we used to live in a really siloed world, and it was not only an analytic silo, we had data silos. We had data in different places, uh, in different databases. So simultaneously with the analytics team being built up, we have an amazing data engineering team that we couldn't exist without. Uh, analytics doesn't exist without data. And our data engineering team has built out what we call a data lake. It's a place where all of the data exists. And we then get to use that data lake to, to create what we're creating, our dashboards, our insights, whatever it might be. So the two have sort of grown in parallel. And because of this data accessibility, I've been able to break down the silos, pull the different analysts who are sort of doing different things together under one team so we can all look at all of the data and, and drive those decisions. Yeah, well, I mean, it's never a good thing when people are working in silos and Agree. let alone a data team. You, ne you need the data engineers for the an analytics team to be able to actually go and dig up the insights, right? Yes. So what sort of tools are you using? What sort of what sort of like analyses are you guys doing? Yeah, so all of our data is in uh, the Google Cloud. So uh, we use BigQuery to access our data. The analysts all write SQL. Interestingly enough, it was something I had learned back in my public health days. We used SAS, and you can write SQL for SAS. And that's actually one of the ways I got my first tech job was I knew SQL. Uh, so we write SQL uh, to access the data, to clean the data, to analyze the data. Um, we're using Looker as a dashboarding tool. And so we're able to give access to our data uh, to our whole company. I have over 400 people uh, using Looker oh, wow. at this point. Yeah, which is so exciting. Um, and I, you know, I run weekly contests to try to get people to use it more. Um, we have Google Analytics as our website tool. Uh, but what's a lot of fun about that is the Google Analytics data also goes into the data lake. And then we're able to put Looker on top of the whole data lake. To, to understand and to sort of make that cohesive story, holistic story. Got it. I love the idea about the contest. Can you, <laughs> can you talk a little more about that? Yeah, you know, change is hard. And as humans, you know, change is hard. So we were introducing this new tool and telling people, hey, change the way you work every day and use this tool because I said so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's not good enough. Um, so... We've done a lot of work to, and you know, I spend a lot of time meeting with people, showing them dashboards, walking them through Looker, and then every week I encourage everybody to continue using dashboards. And um, then at the end of the week, I look and I by minutes used, so it's not queries run or dashboards looked at, but I actually want you to spend time in a dashboard. Um, whoever uses Looker for the most minutes in a week gets a prize. So uh, Looker's actually been really great. They've given me a lot of prizes, but I've also um, 
I get little succulents that I put on people's desks with a note that says, you know, way to dashboard. It really says, hey, good looker, way to dashboard. Uh, and um, I do a monthly prize too, where I'll give a bottle of um, Sense wine, which is a WW uh, partnered wine, which uh, is lower in smart points. So it's a little healthier. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I would love to be <laughs> part of that contest myself. Um, I want to hear more about um, something that you actually talked about in your last talk. You were talking about this KPI Academy um, where you actually get people together in a room to lay out what their KPI should be. And then you kind of help them figure out how they might need to change it. Um, can you tell, talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So KPI Academy is one of my favorite things that I do. Uh, it's, it's where I get to sit with teams and talk them through how to build KPIs uh, that will help them be successful. And, you know, it's so we sit down, it's an hour and a half long sort of meeting, so to speak. Um, and I do it team by team. So I've done at least 20 or 25 of these. At this point, I have a few more scheduled. And first I go through definitions. You know, if you Google KPI, uh, you get like 75 million hits on Google. KPIs are complicated. Everybody has different definitions. Uh, what does it mean? And really at its core, especially here, it's a metric that helps drive the business forward. So once you get to that, then it's how do you distill it down even more? Every team probably has their own KPIs. So the way we, we sort of structure this is we start and we think about a North Star metric. A North Star metric is company level, where it's the most strategic, it's cross-cutting, cross-functional metric that everybody is sort of laddering up to. Uh, and then within teams, they have their own KPIs that help achieve those company North Star metric goals. Uh, and you know, one of the fun, my fun pieces uh, from these sessions are, you know, I walk in and I say, okay, I'm going to say something I've never said in a meeting before, but be selfish. So within a team, you want to create your set of KPIs that drive you to success. You don't want your KPIs for another team's success. What are you building? What are you developing? And what defines success for that feature, for that area, for whatever that might be? Right. That would seem like a pretty rare thing to hear in a meeting. <laughs> be selfish. <laughs> um, could you give an example of what maybe a, a bad KPI might be and how we might be able to turn it into something more useful? Yeah, I think... Um, I think what I see a lot is that the KPIs aren't specific enough. So retention is a really good um, sort of talking point here where, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have our sort of members only social media platform. It's called Connect. It's really cool because it's a positive social media space, which is pretty rare these days. Uh, and so, you know, we know that uh, we want to drive retention. We want to drive our members to stay with us longer. But within the Connect team, we want certain other metrics. We want people to engage with that platform. So instead of consistently sort of putting retention as your main KPI, well, what if it's the percentage of people who go into Connect? What if it's the percentage of people who post or comment or interact like something? You know, with social media, you want people engaging. Uh, so how do we change the conversation to, to have those types of KPIs that we know ladder up to what we want it to, 
ladder up to, but all of a sudden, if you want more people to like posts, you can test that. You can test that every week until you get the optimal level. That's really awesome. I really like that example. So what is the, what does your team actually look like? So right now the team is nine. Uh, we're hiring. <laughs> um, so uh, the team is dedicated. We have a couple of analysts on our acquisition side. So how do we get members in the door? How do we get people to our website? And we have a lot of analysts on that retention side, the member side, what's happening, what behaviors are happening. We collaborate with a lot of other research teams here at WW who do survey research or qualitative research, our data science team. So we're able to sort of tell that more holistic picture of this is what's happening and this was the intent and maybe this is what will happen next. Um, and the team is pretty diverse, uh, you know, especially with my background being a little bit non-traditional. Uh, I, I want to find people from different different places, different areas, different experiences, um, and make sure we have diversity on the team, diversity in people, diversity of thought as well. I think that's really cool. I mean, so I remember at your talk last time, you, you mentioned that if an analyst is basically working in silo, mm. um, none of that work is actually going to change anything at the company if it doesn't actually get out to anybody, right? Um, can you actually talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, uh, the way our analyst team is structured is we, we're a team, we're a central team. We sit together. We have a lot of fun together, but each analyst is dedicated to specific areas in the business. And I think that that works really well because they understand sort of the ins and outs of that area. They sit with those teams. A lot of times they'll go to standups or they'll go to, um, other sort of, you know, engineering focused, uh, we call them ceremonies here. Uh, and so it allows the analysts to become an expert in that area of the business. And what I always hope that it sort of fosters is that data communication. Uh, an analyst, and you know, as you just said, can sit in a corner all day. They can do the most amazing analysis with the most incredible code you've ever seen. If no one's using it, they have wasted their time. And it's a crazy thing to say because uh, you know, we have so many smart people in companies all over the world looking at data. But how is that data used? That's the most important question. Yeah, so how, how do you get the work that's done yeah. maybe in silo? How do you translate that into actual um, business action? Yeah, so I think it comes down to the partnership between the analyst and let's say the product manager. Uh, and so as the product manager is asking questions of how many people do this? Well, how are you going to use that data? What's, what's the reasoning for that question? Where you know, do you see yourself making a change based on that data? And even pre-analysis, when you start asking those questions, you get such a good conversation around, oh, well, if I know how many people, let's say, going back to my other example, go into Connect, we'll know, you know what our opportunity is. And then we'll know of the people who go into Connect, here are the people that post. Maybe they're different than the people who don't post. And now we can personalize their experience or target them in a different way. And that conversation becomes pretty amazing. Yeah. And I'd imagine this is where KPIs come into play. Exactly. Because right? then you can really evaluate, well, if we try to answer this question, is it really going to help us figure out how to push these KPIs that we have forward? Exactly. Right? 100%. So um, I'm curious about, you know, you mentioned that 
you like having a, a diverse, uh, a team with diverse backgrounds, yeah. right? Uh, if you were hiring somebody, which you mentioned you are, <laughs> <laughs> what, what other skills um, do you look for besides sort of like the basic technical skills of knowing SQL, how to pull data and how to do, you know, basic statistics and yep. analyses? Yeah. So, um, what's interesting, uh, is those types of skills, like the harder skills, they can be taught. So, you know, I've hired people with a variety. Uh, I do require some set of SQL knowledge. Uh, it's the only way that we access our data, basically. So uh, they do have to know some SQL. But last year we had SQL Club where every week I gave the team a SQL challenge. Uh, they would, you know, work on it for the week. We'd come back and talk about it. So I think, you know, those types of things uh, are important but also teachable. Um, but the thing that is a little less teachable is that curiosity about data. It's that desire to look at a data set and want to know what it says. And, you know, it's hard to interview for, certainly. It's, it, you know, it comes as I'm asking people about analyses that they've done in the past um, and if they've dug deeper or why they did that analysis. Um, and it's hard to teach because, you know, you have to have a love for numbers to, mm -hmm. be, able, to be able to do that and to be able to always want to sort of ask that one more why. Right. And then there are definitely another set of skills, I guess you would call them maybe soft skills, um, that are really important mm -hmm. that you've already mentioned yeah. earlier, right? Uh, what are some of those? Yeah. So being able to tell a story, you know, uh, going back to the, you know, the conversation from a little bit ago, if you're just doing an analysis and not getting anybody to use it, you wasted your time. In order to get someone to use that analysis, you have to know how to tell a data story. And so, you know, especially when I'm interviewing, I ask people, well, tell me about your favorite analysis that you've worked on. And the way someone can convey that story is really important. Uh, and it's, it's fun because, you know, if you think back to, I don't care when it was, but, you know, just tell me a good story about data. That's, you know, it could be baseball, you know, of course I'm a fan, <laughs> but, you know, it could be something that you did on the side. But as long as you can convey something that was probably really complicated in a simple way for, you know, me to understand, it's, it goes a long way. Yeah. And I find that that's actually a skill that's often overlooked. Yes. Um, I know that you've mentioned that you actually teach storytelling. I do. So what is that? I mean, tell me a little bit more about that class and maybe about, I think it'd be really interesting to hear like maybe a couple tips. Yeah, so uh, I taught uh, this past spring at Columbia um, as part of uh, their master's in analytics program, which is a combo of their school of engineering business school. Um, it was hard and fun and amazing. Uh, and what I didn't teach, I didn't teach tools. I didn't teach SQL. I, I didn't teach any of that. I think at first the students were a little disappointed in me because um, they expected to walk in a room and for me to teach them Tableau and for me to teach them SQL. And I stood up there and I actually had to redo my class number two because I got all of this feedback that I wasn't teaching them what they thought that they should learn. And I, I said to them, I go, you guys, tools change, code changes. You know, 10 years ago, SAS, I, I mean, I was in a different world, but SAS was the program I used. Um, now, you know, I go back to any of those schools and they're all using R. So why am I going to teach you a tool that's constantly changing? I'd rather teach you how to take data 
make it tell a story, then you can use whatever tool you want. Right. Uh, companies use different tools. So, you know, I think um, to, your, to your question on tips, keep it simple. You always want to keep your story simple. Um, you know, and maybe not as simple as like your grandmother or your mother can understand it, but you know what, cause you don't want to oversimplify, but you need your business stakeholder to understand it. You need your CEO to understand it. And that's that mindset you have to go into it with it. Uh, and then as you're building graphs and charts out, and as you're doing that again, keep them simple, declutter them. Don't have a million lines with two axes and make people sort of stand on their head, you know, with one eye closed to understand. If someone can't look at your chart and understand within five seconds what it says, you've done too much. Yep. I love that. There have been times (laughs) where I've looked at a slide and it'll be just a giant table of metrics Mm -hmm. and it's just absolutely mind boggling uh, trying to figure out what the message is yeah. in that one slide, right? I, I mean, I think an, an entire presentation sometimes should be just telling you one point yeah. about what is going on, right? So I really mm-hmm. like what you said about that. Well, and think about the world we live in. You know, you sit in a meeting, and we all sit in lots of meetings, and everybody's on their phone getting a Slack, you know, checking email, you don't have everybody's attention for that full 30 minutes. So if you're trying to make a point, it better be easy to understand. And you know, for when you get them to look up, for the few seconds someone looks at your slides, they should understand what's going on immediately. Yeah, I love that. Um, I would actually love to take that class myself. I would, I would love to do that. I'd love to be part of Sequel Club. <laughs> you have like, a lot of cool clubs yeah, going no, on. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, <laughs> you know, just figure out how to do that, you know. In, yeah. in, in general. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, can you talk a little bit about the role that analytics plays versus data science? I think that, I guess in tech especially, like data science is kind of like, like a really hot and sexy field mm-hmm. to be in, right? But analytics has a major overlap with data science, and it probably... Um, it varies by organization, right? Yeah. Um, but both have their place. Both are really important. Um, can you talk about what that looks like at WW? Yeah, and I think you just hit the nail on the head there. You know, depending on the organization, it depends on the definition. Uh, so usually when I'm talking to someone, a candidate or someone else, my first question is, what's your definition of data science? Sometimes it's an analyst, and other times, uh, you know, for here at WW Data Science, uh, is much more technical. Um, you know, they, they're all writing Python. They wear a lot of hats. They do wear part analyst hat. They wear part statistician hat. They wear part engineering hat. But they're building out data products, and they're building out the API to access the data product. So it can really feed back into the app and feed back into the member's experience. Now, we work together all of the time. There's a lot of cross-collaboration. You know, what data science might find in a model we then try to measure on a regular basis or figure out you know, where we see that in the data and sort of the reverse works as well. When we see things in the data, we can talk to data science and say, hey, is this in your model for churn? Because it should be, or maybe it shouldn't be, and let's talk about it. Yeah, data science, uh, they can really build some of like the foundational products. Yeah. Uh, they, they might be consumer facing or they might be internal facing like, um, maybe like a clustering model or like what you said, like a churn model, yeah. something like that. And the analysts are the one who's, 
who are actually looking at maybe some of the outcomes, whether yep. they're actually maybe giving the right signal uh, and maybe certain ways that it can be improved. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really interesting. And I think that a lot of people overlook analytics just because of sort of the clout that data science has gotten in recent years. Yeah. And I think, look, I mean, we have amazing data scientists here and I'm grateful to have them here and I'm grateful for what they do. But there's always going to be a place for analytics. There's always going to be a place for people to make sense of the data. You know, even with dashboards and even with all these self-service tools out there, I, I love Looker, huge fan, but someone still has to make sense of the data and someone still has to help the company use it. Uh, and so always, you know, analysts, jobs forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I don't know if you can share any of this, because I know that WW is a public company, <laughs> but I'm wondering if there have been any analyses that you've done that have been really game-changing. Yeah, so I can, um, can't share exact numbers. Uh, we are a public company, but, you know, and as analysts, I think, you know, it's a good point. Whether you're a public company or not, you have access to how the company does which is super exciting. It gives you sort of the power to know how the company is doing. So you always have to be careful of what you talk about. Uh, you always have to be careful of what you share because you know so much. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think, you know, from our perspective, we've done a ton of analyses. Um, and I think, you know, the way we've been able to characterize how people engage with our app, uh, how they go into the app, what they do, uh, how often they do it, and um, again, subscription-based business. So at what point in their journey? So are they early on? Are they in the middle? Are they later on? What are they doing and when? I think those have been some really impactful analyses. And, you know, sort of if you extrapolate out, we're able to, you know, think about how we speak to them. So, you know, in a member communication product marketing uh, arena, you know, how we use that journey to then change the way we speak to our members, or maybe how we change the experience based on what people do. So while I, I can't go into too many specifics, I think th that's the area where we've made a lot of impact. Sure. I think the user journey is always yeah. something interesting to look at. You can see where people sort of fall off and where they need a little extra help. Yeah. Similarly, when you find users, um, you know, maybe performing a certain action that leads to even better outcomes, then you try to sort of nudge users into that same sort of behavior. Exactly. Right? And that's where you get to work with sort of colleagues across the organization too. So we get to work with our, you know, colleagues in design who are thinking about the member journey just in a slightly different way. And we get to say, well, we've seen this behavior based on the numbers. And, you know, what do you guys see uh, either based on some of the, you know, user experience research or, you know, how are you designing the experience? So, you know, as we're trying to solve problems for our members, we get to put the numbers behind it. Yeah. And I really love um, being at the center of data. Yes. Uh, you get to actually decide uh, almost like what's important and you get to drive those changes. Um, let's see, before we close, um, you, you mentioned that you're hiring here. Yes. Um, and we already talked about uh, sort of the things that you're looking for. So if people are interested, they can go to your career site. Yep, it's right? www.com slash careers. 
so come on by. Uh, you can also always find me on LinkedIn and ask any questions that you might have. We're hiring a variety of um, experience levels. So, um, you know, whether you're earlier on in your career or a little later, we're looking for a bunch of different analysts. Awesome. And then um, last thing, if there are, there are any, like, takeaways or pieces of advice to somebody who's sort of gone through the same like roller coaster of career changes yeah. like yourself uh what's something that you might tell them yeah i think you know if you only pick up one thing from this whole whole talk it's to really just always take a chance on yourself uh you know you have the skills and just you can apply them to different areas and if you take that chance, take that leap and that risk. And it may sound corny, but you know, it's true. It's take that chance and bet on yourself and it works. And it also might not, but you've, you've learned something you've tried and then you get to continue growing who you are. That's awesome. I love that. And obviously it's definitely worked out for you. So hopefully it works out for other people out there. Um, especially for any of the aspiring analysts or data science data scientists who are listening to this. Um, but I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, so Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show today. I definitely learned a lot. I think I can even take away a lot of these things that you mentioned, like KPI Academy, um, SQL Club. Those are super <laughs> fun ideas. So um, I'm, I'm going to have to steal them. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been a ton of fun. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. For more, visit us on iTunes or our website at theaccidentalengineer.com.